am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Well, Northside family, it is good to be with you today. And can we just thank God one more time for what he's already done in this place this morning? I tell you, it, uh, I wasn't crying, you were crying during a Porvis story this morning. And, uh, and, and here's why, I just love it because the God that we worship and the God that we sing to is the God who is with us. And he's not just the God who's with us, he's the God who is saving every nation and every generation. And this is who we worship, this is why we gather. You know, we gather on the weekend, not because you know we're trying to build up credits so that God would love us more. We gather because God does love us, that God has come after us even if you're in a moment of being an atheist and if you're an atheist here today, I just wanna let you know you are in the right place because you have a heavenly father who loves you and knows your story and has come after you. And uh, last night during our services, we had some baptisms. You saw Madison get baptized today. We have more baptisms. And I just wanna remind you, if you've never entered into this relationship with the loving father, at the end of this month, we have a baptism weekend coming up. And we wanna invite you into that, invite you into this relationship. And, And here's why, and this is even why we're doing the series called I Am, because too many times, here's what you and I do. We define ourselves by what we are not. You heard it in a Porva story, the words that her dad had spoken over her, you will not be successful. You are not worthy of this. And here's our problem, sometimes we live by the wrong voices. And you have a voice who speaks over you and says, I love you, you are my son, you are my daughter, and with you, because of Jesus, I am well pleased. I'm well pleased with you and I'm calling you into this relationship. That's why we're doing this series called I Am. We're looking at the seven statements that Jesus says who he is because when we know who he is, we begin to know who we are. We get to walk in that freedom. We get to have that freedom. We get to have that joy. And uh, Jacob Bales did an unbelievable job last weekend. He's our student pastor here. If you didn't get a chance to hear that message, I wanna invite you to go back. And he dove into John chapter 10. That's where we're gonna be today. And there's kind of this uh, 1A, 1B segment. You know, Jesus sometimes says who he is, and we're going to look at next week. It'll be the next chapter, and sometimes he says these statements at different times. But last week and this week are kind of together. You know, last week we looked at Jesus saying this, I am the gate, and I'm the door. And here's the thing, for a lot of us, we're looking for God to open a door. Some of you, you've just graduated college, you're waiting for the door to be open. Some of you, this is your senior year in high school, and you're like, I can't wait to close this door, right? I want to, I want to move on, right? I want to get into another season of life. And, and here's what Jesus said. He said, I am the door. You're looking for all these open doors, but here's what happens. Those doors don't lead to life, but I am the door that leads to eternal life. 
I am the gate. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. Sometimes, this is our thing, sometimes we'll make him the door like Madison got baptized. What she's saying is, Jesus, I believe that you're the door to life. I believe that you're the one who saves me. But here's our problem. Sometimes, this is what John chapter 10 says, verse 9, it says this. He said, Jesus says, I am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved. He or she will come in and go out and find pasture. Now, here's the problem. Some of us, we start a relationship with Jesus and we go, Jesus, thank you for saving me from hell. I'll take it from here, right? And we kind of just begin to go on and we begin to wander in our lives and we begin to do our own things. But here's this way of relationship with Jesus. He doesn't just save us. Listen what we're gonna look at today. Right after that, in verse 11, Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. See, I am the gate I'm the one that brings you life. There is no life. You're not saved without me. But here's the thing. I'm also the good shepherd. Now, for a lot of us, my guess is there's probably no shepherds here, right? You know, you're looking around and, and you know, we're like, I'm the good shepherd. What, what does that mean? And a couple of years ago, you know, even though I, you know, preach the Bible, sometimes it's hard for me to understand even, you know, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. But, but I found out about 10 years ago during one of our Christmas Eve services, we always love to find creative ways to, to tell the Christmas story. And one way we, we did was this, we had, uh, we had some live sheep on stage. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those sayings of, hey, this will add to it. This will be great. And, and we literally kept the sheep right outside over here. And what happened was this. I walked outside, and they had just kind of tied their leash to the, to the door. That way they would get them and walk them in. Well, I walked out, and uh, they had gotten their leash off the door. And I was like, whoa, right, you know. And, and I knew, so I kind of just kind of crept up, you know, and, uh, oh, let me. and they got spooked. And they started running to Charlestown Road. I'm not, I'm not kidding you, during the whole service, and I'm like, oh, I can just read it in the paper now. Sheep killed on Charlestown Road, you know. You know, what is that church doing over there, right? You know, and, and then it started running over here, and, and I'm just chasing this, these two sheep. I can't get them. They start going all the way out to the cross over here, this metal cross. The service is going on. They start running all the way around the church property, around the barn. I'm calling for help, right? We're, we're calling backup shepherds. We're like, come on, everybody. Literally, one of our worship leaders comes running out with the pizza right out there and the sheep stop and they just walk up to the pizza, right? And they just start eating the pizza. We grab it right in time. I'm not kidding you. Right in time for us to walk the sheep right down the aisle. And they just walked right in like, hello, everybody. Right, you know? Now, now here's the thing. I, I got this idea of going, whoa, this shepherding idea is a whole lot harder than I thought. But here's what I know. It began when I hear Jesus say this, I'm the good shepherd. It's this. It's like, Nate, how many times have I had to chase you down and you keep running laps and you're running into things that you have no business going to? You need the hand of the shepherd. Man, some of you feel like that today. You, you come into this place and, and you, you're, this whole week, man, it's just been an absolute disaster. And you feel like you got to walk in here. Hey, good morning, everybody, right? And we say stuff like this. Hello, brother. You know, I, too, too blessed to be stressed. Really? <laughs> right? And God's not asking you to play games in here. God's not asking you to come in here acting like you've had the perfect week. You know what God's asking you to do? To let him be your good shepherd. To let him take you by the hand and begin to lead you. To let him not just save you, but him to begin to lead you into what he has for you. See, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's not just that we let him save us. It's that we let him be our good shepherd. 
See, this is when he says, I'm the good shepherd. Here's what he's saying. It's this, the good shepherd. Here's the good news for us today. Jesus doesn't start with your ability to lead. All he's asking for is this, your willingness to follow. Your willingness to follow. See, too many times I've made my life about can I do this? And then I began to make decisions based on what I can or cannot do. And Jesus said, Nate, it's not about what you can or can't do. It's this, will you have a willingness to follow the good shepherd? A willingness to allow Jesus to begin to lead you. Some of you are going, the good shepherd, why would I follow him? Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 11 here through 14, or verse 13. Listen to what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Some of you, you know what that feeling is. You've, you've chased too many hired hands in this world instead of following the shepherd. And you get to that moment in life where the thing that you were chasing in your moment of stress runs out on you. And you go, man, I chased this thing and I thought it was my life and I thought it was going to bring life and I thought it was going to do all these things for me and now they've left me. Here's the good news about our good shepherd. When everybody runs out, the good shepherd runs in. The good shepherd's not afraid of your mess. The good shepherd's not afraid of your fears. Everybody else is running out and the shepherd is running in. This is why Jesus says that story. He says the hired hand runs out because he doesn't own the sheep. He cares nothing for the sheep. But Jesus says this. He goes, I lay my life down for the sheep. This is, we, we can't miss this because the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. He lays his, too many, too many times this is how I've thought because everybody else, sometimes you've maybe been around in a relationship, maybe you've worked in a business and this is how the businesses operate is this, you exist for the man. And Jesus says, no, the man exists for the sheep. I lay my life down for the sheep. See, this is a totally different way to live. Too many times, maybe you've grown up with an incorrect view of God. Maybe you didn't grow up with this view of a good shepherd who's come to lay his life down for you and who loves you and who's here to lead you, but maybe you grew up and maybe this was your idea of God. It's this, is that God wasn't a shepherd, God was a butcher. Now, if you're a butcher here today, we need you because I love bacon, all right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking on you for being a butcher, but here's what happens. If you grow up with this idea that God isn't a shepherd and a good shepherd, but he's a butcher, here's what I mean. It's this. You think God is just after what he can get from you, and when he gets from you what he wants, he throws you away. And that's your view of God. That's why you're like, I don't know if I want to trust God, because he probably just wants to get something from me and chuck me. And that's why Jesus says, no, I'm not the good butcher. I'm the good shepherd. But not only that, some of us, we grew up with this idea of God as a cowboy, and what cowboys do is this, hey, if you're a cowboy, we need you, right? But here's the thing, cowboys, this is what they do, they drive cattle. And some of us, our only idea of God was this, he's just here to drive me, 
maybe kind of beat on me a little bit, get going, yell at me, and just drive. And then what happens is this, our view is this, God, this is why sometimes we struggle to follow him, because we think God just wants to drive us into the ground. He just wants to work us into the ground. But Jesus says, no, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. When everybody else runs out, the good shepherd runs in. I remember I was on a senior trip in the high school I went to uh, for, for uh, our senior year. We went to Washington, D.C. It was a really cool trip. And uh, this is back in 2000. Uh, so, you know, nobody had like those Bose speakers that you could travel with. And my roommate, uh, Jeremy, this is great. He uh, uh, for, uh, forwent a bunch of clothes and he packed a massive boombox in his suitcase, right? You know, and so we became known as like the hangout fun room. And uh, he only had like one pair of clothes, but he had a boombox, right? And, uh, and what was rad was, so we're, we're playing music, man. And everybody's coming down to our room and hanging out. We got like 15, 20 people in our room. And, and you know, we start acting real mature. We start doing flips from one bed to the other, and uh, so everybody's going, and what's happening is, as everybody's doing flips, the bed that we're landing on starts kind of scooting a little bit. And now it's at this point, it's like a teeter-totter, and it's my turn. I do this flip, and I land, and it just ricochets me, and here's what happens. My leg goes right through the wall. Just boom, right? And I'm stuck, and here's what happened. Everybody scattered, right? Right? And, and here's, I'm literally just laying there, my leg on the wall, and I'm just watching everybody run out. And I'm like, guys, guys are like, not my room, right? Not my room. That's your room. And I remember just laying there going, uh oh. And just watching everybody leave me. And I can only imagine this sense here because over and over again, it's this you'll see this phrase happen. When Jesus saw a crowd, this is what it said is that he was overwhelmed with emotion because he saw the crowd was harassed and helpless. And it said this, like sheep without a shepherd. People maybe not with their leg literally stuck in a wall, but people stuck in life. And people have abandoned and people have left and the good shepherd comes running in. See, the good shepherd has laid his life down for the sheep. He's come to save us, and not just save us, but to shepherd us and lead us. Too many times, this is what happens, is we forget the mission of Jesus. This is why he says this in one of the most famous passages in Luke chapter 15. He has to awaken the Pharisees, because here's what's happening. The Pharisees at the day are not laying their life down for the people of Israel. They're expecting the people to lay their life down for the Pharisees. They don't want him to follow God. They just want him to serve them. And see, this is what Jesus says. He goes, no, the Son of Man hasn't come to be served, but the Son of Man has come to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This changes our view of how God loves us, and this changes the way that God wants us to love the world. In Luke chapter 15, verse 1, you see this incredible story where it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. They're so bad, they don't even say what their sin is. They're just like, sinner, <laughs> right? And here's what's awesome. The tax collectors and the sinners, because they're lost sheep, they're coming around because they need a shepherd, but the Pharisees and the teachers of, law, of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Can you hear the pride? Those shepherds, those leaders of Israel, didn't even want to serve, let alone lay their life down for the sheep. You know what they wanted to call the sheep? Not sheep, 
sinners. Woe to us, church family, when we walk around the world and in our daily life without care and compassion for people, and all we want to do is call people sinners. Are we deeply sinful? Absolutely. And does Jesus deeply want to save them? Absolutely. Listen to what it says here. Verse 3 said, Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. He's telling about his heart. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Do you hear that message? God's going, heaven is more excited over the one than just you and I being able to show up and go, got nothing to repent of this week. Here's our problem. We're great for Jesus to save us, but we're not always great for Jesus to save others. See, we've got to have this heart that's the same heart of our shepherd. That doesn't just say, it's just good for me to get saved. You, good luck. But it's this heart of a shepherd who says, no, we begin to look at others And we begin to walk alongside because this is what the Father has done for me. And there is more rejoicing, Jesus says, in heaven over the one. And some of you are like, whoo, Nate, that's super convicting. That's what I needed to hear today. That's right. This is what I need to hear today. But here's the thing. It's not just that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Listen what the good shepherd does as well. The good shepherd leads the way for the sheep. See, this is what I love about the good shepherd. The good shepherd, you know how they lead? This is how shepherds lead. They don't go, wolf, sheep, go in front of me. Right? You're like, you're going to lose some sheep that day, right? You know, there's a T-bone waiting to happen. Or rack of lamb. All right? There's no T-bone in a shepherd, right? But here's what's happening, right? The shepherd just doesn't go, hey, you guys go out there. I'm going to stand back here. The shepherd doesn't lead from behind. Where does the shepherd lead from? Out front. Shepherd leads from out front. He begins to walk out front in the sheep. See, this is what makes Jesus good. He doesn't just lay his life down. You know what he does for you and I? He leads out front for us. He gets out front of the situation that you and I are going through. Some of you, you're trying to navigate situations in your life right now, and the reason why you're stuck is this. You keep getting ahead of Jesus, and that's why you keep getting devoured. (laughs) And the good shepherd says, no, 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 no. You gotta let me lead. This is how this works. This is what Jesus begins to say. Right after this in verse 14, he says it again, I am the good shepherd. And then he says this, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. He says that phrase three times that I lay my life down, I lay my life down, I lay my life down. And he says this, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You, you want to know how we come together in this world? It's not by a political party. There is no elephant. There is no donkey. There is only one lamb that will bring us together. There is only one lamb 
that is worthy to bring us together, to say there is one flock and there is one shepherd. That's why the story of Aporva was so powerful this morning because a young girl in India who had no idea, who have read none of the Bible, who has no knowledge of Jesus, Jesus goes, oh, I must save her. Oh, I can't wait to get her into my kingdom. Oh, I can't wait to reach India. Oh, I can't wait to reach Afghanistan. Oh, I can't wait to reach the nations. Oh, I can't wait to reach those who are broke down. And here's what the good shepherd does. He goes, I must, I must go out and get them. Where's your shepherd today? Is he behind you or is he in front of you? Is he behind you? See, in front of you. See, the good shepherd lays his life down and the good shepherd leads the way. He leads the way. Matter of fact, the reason why God uses shepherd is this. Oftentimes, everybody thinks in more powerful terms and they don't think in shepherds, but God always leads through shepherds. Abel in Genesis was a shepherd. Abraham, a shepherd. Moses, a shepherd. David, Shepherd, Jesus, the good shepherd. Well, where's their power? Could it be we've been trusting in the wrong powers instead of the power of the good shepherd? Psalm 23, Jesus is the fulfillment of. We all know it. We quote it. We hear it. Some of you got it tattooed, right? Psalm 23, I want to put it up on the screen. David, this is what he says about it. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. David knows the Lord's out in front of him. He's my shepherd. I'm not trying to do this alone. He is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Parents, you know this. You never make your kids have to do something they don't want to do. Right? David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. You know what's crazy about sheep? You and I, uh, and real sheep, they don't like running water, but that's where the clean water is. It spooks them. And so you know what a shepherd has to do? A shepherd has to go over and dam up some water so it's quiet so the sheep will actually drink. See, you and I, oftentimes we just want to look at sheep around us and go, stupid! Is that what Jesus did with us? Good to see you today. Stupid, right? That's not what he does, right? What does he do? He leads us beside quiet waters. And what does he do? He restores our soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because David's so strong, but why? Let's say it out loud together. You ready? For you are with me. In front of me, you're leading me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what David says? You know when things went right in his life? 
Because if you read about David, things went right and things went wrong. You know when things went right? It's when he was following the shepherd. And you know when things went wrong? It's when he quit following the shepherd. Same thing for us. See, this is what it means. This is why we do life group. This is why we're a church family together. Because you and I are going to be tempted to not follow the good shepherd. We're going to be tempted to go after something else. But the good shepherd, this is what I love about Jesus. He's always willing to meet us right where we're at. Jesus has come to meet you right where you're at. He meets everybody there. This is what's so good. And here's what I love about this. Jesus just doesn't say he's the good shepherd. Here's what I love about the scriptures is this, is that we, re- we get to read stories about how Jesus ministers in other people's failures. This is why a part of me goes, it would have been so cool uh, to, to, to be able to literally see Jesus face to face. And then I began to think about it. I'm like, but oh man, people are going to hear about my failures for the next thousands of years, right? And I'm like, no, I'm glad I'm in 2022. That's okay, right? Uh, except for Facebook. And then, you know, and then we, you know, we always talk about everybody. But, but what I love in John chapter 21 is this. You see one of the most powerful moments where Jesus ministers in somebody's failure. It's Peter's failure. And maybe you'll recognize or maybe you connect with this. It's this. Today, you're not more defined by the good shepherd, but you're more defined by your good failure. And what I love about Jesus is this. In John chapter 21, like a good shepherd, here's what shepherds do. It's this. Actual shepherds, every time the sheep would come in, here's what they would do. They wouldn't just bring them into the pen. You know what they would do? They would begin to inspect the sheep. Do you got any cuts? Do you have any wounds? Do you have lice? Because if you have lice, you're not going into the pen. Right? We're not, we're not putting around everybody else. And a good shepherd would inspect. And what happens here in John chapter 21, Jesus is the good shepherd, and he begins to be a shepherd to Peter in his failure. See, Jesus comes alongside this failed fisherman, and he wants to turn him into a shepherd. John chapter 21, this is after Peter has denied Jesus at the cross. He goes back to fishing. He's like, well, I failed. It's over. I'm just a failure. I'm not a follower. I'm a failure. Verse 15, it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Talking about the fish. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, then Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Yeah, but I'm a failure. Take care of my sheep. Third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And at this, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love him? Why do you think he's hurt? Because he denied Jesus three times. See, the shepherd isn't afraid to meet you in your failure. And sometimes it hurts when Jesus asks those questions that actually get to the root of the issue that nobody else wants to talk to you about. And you know why it hurts? Because sometimes that's the only way healing can come about. I've never heard somebody after they broke their arm go, I can't wait for them to reset my bone." right? It's painful, but guess what? It's the only way for healing to happen. 
Jesus, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, Peter, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are older, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to them, Two words. Let's say them out loud together. Ready? Follow me. Follow me. See, here's the good news about our good shepherd. It's not about your ability to lead. It's about your willingness and my willingness to just follow. Jesus knows we're sheep. Jesus knows We have imperfections. That's why he goes, I'm your good shepherd. You don't need to save yourself. You need to let the shepherd save you. Matter of fact, this is why uh, we have this printed out card. It's in your cup holder, maybe on your seat. I want to have you take this out real quick. Here's what I want to invite you to do this week with this card. This is just kind of a challenge for us every week in this series On there is the scripture from John chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. It says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And here's what we want you to pray about this week and write on this card. Here's the dangerous prayer. We want to invite you to pray this week on this. You ready? Here's what we want to do. We want you to to write out after you pray this prayer this week. Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. And let this card this week be that prayer reminder for you every day. Put it maybe on your mirror, put it in your car, maybe put it at your cubicle, maybe on your nightstand. And this is what we want as a church to be praying this week is just simply this prayer. Lord, lead me. See, he's not starting with your ability to lead He just wants your willingness to follow. He's going, oh, I'm the good shepherd. I'll take care of that leadership stuff. I'm the one that will make you into the leader that you need to be. I'm the one that will make you in that parent that you need to be. I'm the one who will change your life and move you from death to life. But we got to pray that prayer. God, lead me. And here's the beauty of God. It's that the good shepherd gives strength for the sheep. Some of you are going, Nate, I got nothing left in the tank. Tank's empty. I got nothing left. Here's the good news. The good shepherd gives us his strength. He doesn't just lay his life down and he doesn't just lead the way. He gives us his strength. Listen to what it says here in verse 18. It says, no one takes my life from me. I love this about Jesus. He's like, nobody takes my life from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Jesus goes, it's not just that I skipped leg day and I couldn't take on the Romans, right? He goes, oh, no, no, no. I have authority to lay my life down I have authority to raise it again, and there is no power in this world that can stop me. 
I have a strength this world has no idea about, no clue about. That's why we'll never knock him off his throne. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up. And then he says this, and this command I received from my father. You know why he's the good shepherd? It's because he followed first. It was the good shepherd who went to the cross first for us. It's the good shepherd who has come to save us, has come to lead us. When we're wandering and when we're lost and we're sitting there on the side of our business like Peter, just feeling like an absolute failure, the good shepherd shows up. When everybody else has ran out on us, it's the good shepherd. He was the first to follow. 20 years later, Peter writes this because he's learned Life isn't about his ability to lead, but life is really about his willingness to follow. 20 years later, he writes the book of 1 Peter. 20 years, he's been following Jesus consistently day by day, being more defined by the good shepherd than his failure. And listen what he writes to the church. He says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. He says, when they hurled insults at him, he didn't retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Jesus himself followed. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray, but now, if you ever want to know what the gospel is in two words, there it is. But now, what's your faith? But now, because I was this, but now because of Jesus and the good shepherd, I'm a son or I'm a daughter of the king. But now you've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. When everybody else runs out, the good shepherd runs in. That's why I want to invite you to grab your communion, the bread and the juice. That's why we do this hang every week together. It's this. This is our reminder. This is our celebration that our Savior has literally left the 99 to come after the one. And maybe during this time, as you take the bread and the juice, we're going to put some scripture on the screen. Maybe this is your moment. Maybe for the first time that you've, you've never actually come home to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. And this is maybe a moment for you to do that. Say, God, I've never come home to you. And today, it's your day to come home. Or it's just a moment to give thanks to God. To remember, God, thank you for not running out on me. Thank you for not quitting, but being the good shepherd. Because you love and you laid your life down for your sheep. Let me pray for us. We'll take that and then we'll sing together. Father, we just thank you that you allow us to openly admit that we've been wanderers. That God, we've pursued things that don't give life and they've left us. And Father, in that moment of feeling all alone, like an absolute failure, 
here you come. Scooping us up, picking us up, carrying us when we've got nothing left in the tank because you love us and you never leave us. Father, for those today who are really wrestling with that because they've never heard that message of love, maybe from their family or nobody's told them that literally the creator of the universe loves them. Father, we pray that in this moment, you would break through everything, God, that's holding them back. We would allow you to lead us today. Father, we love you, and it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said together, amen. Let's take communion together right now and talk to our king, and then we'll sing.